This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today, once again, it's a Thursday, I'm delighted to be joined by John Paul Mason. How are you JP? Plenty to discuss this week. Certainly do, yeah. Um, I was nearly calling off actually. Uh, I didn't know if I'd be able to do this today because I've got a, got a B1 it straight after this, but I've got just enough time. <laughs> you are uh, a busy man. I mean, you, you've basically, you broadcasted from, I think, th- at least three different countries, maybe more. On the Axon Bulletin. Would I be right saying that? I, I, yeah, I think. Did I do one from Malta? I did yeah. one from Malta, one from Seville. 
I'm not going anywhere sunny today. I'm going to Straven. So uh, if anybody uh, knows Straven well, I don't. I don't know it that well at all, to be honest. I, I have know. never been. I think that, that's been, for the Twilight Sad, right? Ah, they're playing a gig tonight. So I, I've I've been there once in my life, I think, and it was about 23 years ago uh, for a wedding. Right, right. And it might have even been in this place that we're playing tonight. I don't know. Um, it might start I, looking familiar. You know that deja vu thing you get when you're you're back in a place you've not been for a while. See the thing talking about uh, Twilight Sad. I actually think that was the best gig I was at in 2022. JP. What was that because you were there from the, the sort of start of it all and saw the, the, the whole show getting built and everything? Possibly, possibly mm. that, a bit of that. But, I mean, you've seen them. I remember you saying on the night you'd seen them a ridiculous amount of times because of your involvement with the band. But maybe in time, and you can tell me otherwise, maybe that impact, because that was the first time of me seeing them live, you know, that, mm. that wall of sound and the fact that they obviously had, was it 14 speakers all around the venue or yeah. something like that as well. So. It was it was powerful, JP. It was powerful. Um, yeah, well, it'll be a little less powerful tonight because it's just James and Andy playing. So there's not going to be there's no need for quadraphonic speakers or multiple amps or anything like that. So it'll be but it'll be it'll be nice to to play. Just to I guess there'll be people there that I know and have known for a long time that come and see the band. So see them. Yeah, yeah. and stripped uh, back. Yeah, unplugged. Yeah. I used to love the MTV unplugged back in the day, back in the nineties. Uh, and oh, beyond, they were the re- they were a reason to have Sky TV oh, <laughs> and MTV. I, um, I can't say I can't tell you the last time I watched MTV. To be honest, uh, I, I, did, I did like MTV too as well. That was good. I did I did enjoy that. Listen, um, I'm going to ask you about more important matters. That jersey over your shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> that that is an absolute classic, right? And that was a season. 125th season, 125th anniversary, where all three kits were absolutely stunning. So you had the white kit, you had the home jersey, but the sponsor was white on white. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a bit like that, actually. Tenants is under the crest. And the, the the third kit would have been the black one with the um, tricolour around the, the cuffs. Am I right? Yeah. What I a feel, season. Foolishly got the long sleeve version of that, which I always regret because... The short sleeve one's the the one you want to have, but I've still got the long sleeve one. Um, but that one, that actual top was the last top that my dad got me um, before he, he passed away. So uh, it's it's very special for obvious reasons. And uh, and yeah, he well he bought me my first top in '88, so that's the la- that's the last one that he got me. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of I cherish that massively. Absolutely, and so you should, by the way, JP. I'm going to ask you a question about the jerseys before we get into the nitty-gritty of Celtic. Progressing in the Scottish Cup, players coming, players going, and uh, we look ahead to Dundee United at the weekend as well. But you're talking about uh, jerseys that your old fella buys you. I, I think back, you, was your first jersey the centenary one? I think you've yeah. already mentioned that, right? Mm. I remember getting that centenary top, the home one, right? And it had the kind of furry badge. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the crest was furry. And my old man knew somebody that ran a sports shop, right? So he got it off his night shift from the guy that he knew. And so I had it one day before it was released. And I remember me and my brother, 11 months between us, 
going into school, JP. Imagine this now, going into school wearing the hoops, brand new hoops, and everybody coming up because it wasn't it wasn't available yet. Um, so we got in the back. I was nearly doing my Celtic strip outside the house. Never mind to school. Um, I had to sneak it out if I was wearing it down to play football in the park or something like that. My mum was just like, nah, you're not. She she thought there was like a, a target on my head, which it kind of was in Bathgate um, in the 80s. Um, not so much now, but at the time, um, it, it wasn't probably the best idea to be advertising yourself as a, as a Celtic fan. <laughs> Like a red rag to a bull, JP. Um, I'm looking at that jersey. I love it, and I know it was a nod, a nod to the original top back in 1888 when we played our first game. If you imagine the circumstance, or imagine, imagine this scenario: somebody from Adidas gets their hands on the Celtic jersey book and is very impressed by it, and thinks to themselves, "Wow, this guy's done a lot of research on football jerseys." And that someone is involved in the concepts of future Celtic designs. And that person was to come to the author of that book and say, right, give me an idea for an Adidas jersey for Celtic. What Adidas template would you go for? Because I'm thinking, remember the Marseille one? It would have to be the Adidas equipment one because I was always, I've got drawings of that. And I'll maybe dig them out for next week. But uh, I, I came have across... I seen these? Have I seen these drawings? Mm, possibly, I don't know, but I, I'll get them. I'll dig them out. But I used to draw concept kits, and the the Adidas equipment concept kit was one that I frequently uh, penned over and over. And uh, I, I, I would love to see that, just because it was always, I was always so jealous of the fact that Rangers had it in the nineties. You know, they had the Adidas equipment, and I was kind of obsessed with Adidas equipment stuff. I had like the the black jumper with the logo in the middle, and then it had the little, uh, oh yeah, yeah, the little lines right around the collar of the jumper. I had the t-shirt underneath. I had cap. Uh, don't think I've had the Adidas equipment trainers, but I was all about that. So that, that no, would be totally, totally agree with you, right? And I'm thinking of some of the classic. I mean, Marseille home and away were brilliant, right? Light blue and blue. Liverpool away with the green. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the Liverpool away one, maybe a darker green. Because I know that they've reintroduced the these equipment template to a lot of the MLS sites. Mm-hmm. So if I'm ever asked for my opinion, this hypothetical hypothetical situation that you've described there has that actually happened? Like, would is there a book winging its way to Adidas HQ? Because if already, not, they've already got it. They've got it. And, they I, and I, yeah, and I've spoken. I've spoken to the guy. So. I'm thinking to myself, what do we pitch for Adidas Celtic jerseys? Um, and I love the Adidas equipment, and they have reintroduced it into the MLS. On the subject of the MLS, that is an absolutely flawless link to Georges Yakamakis. It looks as though his time at Celtic is going to come to an end. And the front runner for his signature, JP, is Atlanta City. What's your thoughts on that for a move for, for the big fella? I mean... I don't really know the the standard of the MLS. I, I know that it's obviously got more popular in the last sort of ten to fifteen years. There's been a lot of high profile players have gone there at the tail end of their careers, uh, like uh, uh, Beckham and I guess Robbie Keane as well, and there's many others that I can't actually think of off the top of my head. But it just it does seem a bit strange to be considering going there at this stage in his career when he's kind of sort of made a name for himself in Europe in the sense that he finished top goal scorer in the Eredivisie and then 
finished top goal scorer in our league. Yeah. I just think it's maybe a bit early, but it might be the case that there's not been a lot of clubs come to the table and, and those are the, the two prominent offers that are willing to pay him the wages that he wants and pay Celtic the fee that they want. So uh, there does seem to be a gathering of thought that they might stay till the end of the season and assess his options then. If it was up to me, I would prefer that he stayed to the end of the season, regardless of the fact that we've got a new striker in the door. I just think it, it's it's so it's so sort of precarious our situation up front that if something was to happen to Kyogo, we don't have somebody like Giacomakis just to come in and, and bang in goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know anything about this guy really, uh, the guy O, the boy O. I remember the only an excuse sketch. That's what I thought of when, when uh, you know, the Dennis Law <laughs> boy. Yeah. See, the thing with that is headline writers, JP, have had a field day with this this fella signing. But mm-hmm. yesterday, I don't know if you got a chance to watch um, Kevin Paddy and John yesterday. They were talking about the exact the exact point you just made there in relation to the fact that this this guy has come in. We hope that obviously he hits the ground running to using a, a very overused cliche. However, because of, of the profile of the player, the age of the player, you get the sense that he would be, and I hate using the term, but more of a project, more of a medium, medium term player who is going to get games, but you're not expecting him to step up. If we were faced with a, a scenario like we were last year when Hugo gets injured, Yakamakis comes in and he does his bit to win us the league, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the type of striker I want. If Yakamakis is leaving and um, O is the guy to replace Yakamakis, then you want him to be able to make that impact. If he is basically going to supplement Kyogo and Yakamakis, I'm far more confident with that. Because I, I think we've said all season, we needed another striker anyway, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, the one thing I would say is, despite not knowing a lot about um, O, He's coming in, and it's the same uh, recruitment team that are bringing him in that have brought in all the rest of the players. So it'd be quite remarkable if they'd pushed the boat out and really, you know, tried their best to get this guy. He'd made the he'd made his his own kind of sacrifices or whatever to make sure that the move happened. It would be quite surprising if it was a a Skepovic or a Timur Bukki or somebody that couldn't hit a barn door in a storm, you know, like that, that's not, I don't think that's going to be the case with this guy, but it might be the case that it might take him a while to settle in, but none of us knew who Kyogo was before he arrived. Um, and yeah. none of us really knew about Hitati. I'd only heard of Hitati because of Liam and mm-hmm. the Under podcast. He'd been talking about him and he talked about Maeda as well. Um, but Maeda came in with the whole, he's an established international he was the top scorer in the J League. That had that lent a bit more weight to his signing, but I don't know. I, I I'm confident this guy will do 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 the business for us. But at the same time, I would far rather Jack Amakis, uh hung about because I don't think anybody can question his commitment. He showed that when he came on, and what a lot of people thought that might have been his last game, and it might still be his last game when he and when he scored against Kilmarnock. Uh, at the at Hamden the semi-final so I don't think anybody could question his commitment and desire and the manager definitely didn't question it either um, 
So we, I guess we'll wait and see. There's only a few days left in the transfer window, so yeah. if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen imminently. And if it's America, good luck to him. I, I, I can't say living in Atlanta uh, would be a, 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 a hardship. I mean, <laughs> we're just you know, it's so, so cold here all the time and you think about places like Atlanta. I mean, I've been in Atlanta only for like, what, two days, but it's one of the hottest places I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, wait a minute, is it Atlanta or Atlantic City? Did you say, what, what, what's the, what is the club? Atlanta City. Atlanta City, right, so it is Atlanta, right. Well, yeah. that, I was there in the month of, I think it was June I was there and it is unbelievably hot. Like it's it's stifling hot, so uh, a, a sharp contrast to what he's been living in in Glasgow for the last uh, eighteen months or however long it is he's been here. But uh, I I mean lifestyle I'm sure would be great. I'm sure that the money would be great. Whether or not the competitive element of the football is as good, I'm sure he'll have done his homework on that and made a decision to weigh up everything versus versus each other, just the same as Juranovic obviously did with mm-hmm. Union Berlin. It's quite weird to... This is the first time I've been on since Juranovic left, so um, it's quite weird seeing him already in another team strip and setting up a goal to win away, and they've gone second now after that. Uh, yeah. gone second after <laughs> his uh, contribution in that game. So, aye, I mean, I'd, like I said, I'd rather he stay to the end of the season, but, I mean, it's it's... His decision, and I, I'll wish him well. Regardless, I don't think it's quite good that there's players leaving, and you're not really—it's not even a bad taste in the mouth. Yeah, you're right. I don't feel any animosity towards Janovic at all. And hearing the manager's comments echoed, like not echoed, but hearing the manager's comments on the situation, which obviously some people have taken as like, oh well, does that mean that you want to try your hand elsewhere? Um, I didn't see it as that. I just saw. No. saw being, being honest about the player's situation and saying, look, he's 20, he's about to turn 28 and this is an opportunity to go to a bigger league and a more testing league and to be able to test himself against, well, let's face facts, better quality opposition. Better quality opposition on a consistent basis. There's yeah. Nobody can deny that. I mean, when you go and play in the Bundesliga, you talk about top six or top eight leagues in the world and they're there. And, you know, with regards to that, that comment you were talking about there uh, that Ange made, I think eventually there will come a, a point where Ange is the subject of his own comment, but that time isn't now. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to uh, the usual uh, linking and speculation and gossip regarding Ange Postacoglu uh, inevitably moving to the EPL. That day might come, but it's not now. It's not at the end of this season. And uh, we'll talk about that as well, JP. But it is interesting that, we're talking about Yakimakis. We're talking about Juranovic. Two players who played a big part in the double. And it was, you know, a season that we continually go on about where we could not fail to win that league. There was no other option. And at the time, Ange didn't talk in that kind of tone, but he has looked back on the season by saying there was no alternative than for us to win the league. And he was right. And those two players were pivotal to that. You know, Yakimakis yeah. came in when we really needed them because the alternative at that that moment in time, as uh, Boxing Day against St. Johnson showed, was Joey Dawson. That's all we had in our tank. Obviously, we go into the uh, transfer market. We might have played a badder, I guess. Uh, we go into the transfer market in the January and we bring in a player in um, Maeda who could have fitted 
uh, at centre forward. But at that time, we really needed Jakimakis. He came in and done his job. Juranovic has done his job. And you ask yourself the question, why are we sitting here? Because I don't like quality players leaving Celtic, JP. I never like quality players leaving Celtic. But sometimes, you know, the time comes and you appreciate it. But as you say, it's almost like farewell to these two players. And I think it comes down to the culture that's been built and created by Ange Postacoglu. He's been very, very smart in the way that he... Uh, delivers his message to you and I and all, all the other Celtic fans. He's done it in press conferences. He's set us up for this moment. And in many ways, you and I are talking about, well, let's hope he's not talking about Carter Vickers. Let's hope he's not talking about Hatati and Yota. Now, listen, he's talking about two quality players that are leaving the club, but he's almost prepared us for it. And then when the time comes, it's not a massive shock. You know, he's taken that shock factor out. He's replaced both players before both players have left because Jakimakis is still in the building. Um, and I just think the way we're going about it and the culture of the club, it's all down to Angie. And that's part of the, the tagline today, why the evolution of Angie's Celtic side will never stop. This is the way it's always going to be, isn't it, under Ange Postacoglu? I think so, yeah. And um, <laughs> just you mentioned culture and club. I wasn't obviously thinking about the 80s man. <laughs> um, I was thinking about the comment that Neil Lennon made, made in his time when he said that the, the culture has to change at the club yeah I guess that that can be aimed at not just the manager but the hierarchy and the recruitment and the backroom staff and everything like that it permeates throughout what, what, everything that's going on at Celtic surely um, sort of knocks into each other it's like a domino effect like if because if, if one part of if one part of it is working and the next part's working, then it's going to be obvious if there's one one part of that that isn't working. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that everything needs to be, everybody needs to be singing from the same hymn sheet, which is another overused cliche, but it's it's very true because it, you're not going to get success unless everybody's doing that. And like you said, the way that, Ange Postacoglu from day one has spoken in his press conferences of all it's always been very clear. He doesn't mess around, he doesn't suffer fools, he doesn't suffer idiotic questions from uh journalists or so called journalists. He just tells it like it is and that's all we can really ask for as as paying punters who who dedicate our, our parts of our lives to Celtic. Huge part. And, you know, you look at even just the departures this season, if we take in the pre-season as well, JP, players like Nir Beaton and Tom Rogic, you know, guys that had the best part of 20 years between them, service to Celtic Football Club. And, you know, I think there was a, a ruthlessness in many ways about those two moves where Ange thought, well, it's time. It's time for you guys to go. Mm. Juranovic and Yakimakis, slightly different scenarios, but at the same time, Julian. Um, you know, the time is up. He's made his mind up. Ange, I'm talking, he's made his mind up and it's he will inevitably make sure that you're not, not at the football club. Um, the next in line, I guess, will be Yakimakis, but of course we've also got Maritz Jens um, and his Instagram post, post would uh, confirm and it's been widely uh, reported that he is going to end up at uh, Schalke. And that, mm-hmm. that's on the back of Celtic and Lorien coming to an agreement to tear up the loan deal to allow him, I guess, game time. So um, it goes back to, again, these comments that Ange makes in the press conferences. Sometimes you get stock answers from gaffers, don't you? But, you know, mm-hmm. Ange doesn't waste a word. 
I mean, he's already spoken about you're not guaranteed game time at a club like Celtic. So if you're Maurice Jens and his club are saying to you, are you going to play this player in the second half of the season? Well, mm-hmm. Andrew, Angie's response to that is there's no guarantees, you know? And I think that has resulted in um, Yakamakis to a degree. He wants more game time, understandably. Um, his international manager's come out and spoke about, you know, uh, decisions and, and playing and all that kind of stuff. So it's on his mind. It will be on Jens's mind as well as his parent club. And, you know, Ange Postacoglu is quite happy to say, well, let's let him go. <laughs> and it's a player in, in Maurice Jens that, um, interesting enough, just before we came on, I said to you, I was having a look at you know his stats this season. He started and played every Champions League game this season because of Carter Vickers. Uh, six Champions League games, full games under his belt. And, um, you know, he was used for that purpose. As bad and as brutal and as ruthless as this sounds, we needed him for that purpose. But Ange doesn't need him now, so he's quite happy to move him on. And there is a ruthlessness to that, JP, but it's one that I think we need at times. Ah, definitely. I, I, I remember thinking that Jens played pretty well in the, the home game against Real Madrid. I thought, if, I, I, again, it's not something I've watched back. It's not enough hours in the day to, to watch entire Celtic matches back. Um, but, yeah, I, I do remember him playing well in that game and thinking, you know, he's decent. You know, he's, he can compete at this level, which is the highest level going. But there was something about some of his other performances that just made me think that we weren't going to uh, pick up the option to, to buy him at the end of the season. I didn't think he'd leave in January, but uh, I, I genuinely, I think I said before on, on here, when you asked me about it or somebody asked me about it, whether there was a comment, I just didn't think that James was, was, was going to be kept long long term. I didn't, I, I didn't see him as being as good as Starfelt or Carter Vickers to become like a mainstay first pick centre half for Celtic. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I would definitely still subscribe to that, that theory that he's not as good, he's not as good as either of them. In, in fact, quite a long way off as good as them in terms of what he would be like in term, on a consistent basis because their consistency has been incredible as, as all the stats guys and analysts would pull up and be like, well, here's what's happened when mm-hmm. uh, Starfield and Carter Vickers have played together. So common sense would tell you that anybody's going to have a hard time getting in the way of that partnership unless, of course, one of them leaves, which... I really don't want to see that happening anytime soon. Um, but we just don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I think, like you said, he's prepared us for departures and we'd be foolish to not prepare ourselves for further departures in the summer because, like you said, he's ruthless and if somebody expresses a desire to play elsewhere, he's probably going to say yes. He's not going to argue with them, is he? He's not going to, he didn't stand in the way of Juranovic. He didn't, uh, stand, he's not standing in the way of Jack and Marcus, as far as we know. So, yeah, I think we have to probably ready ourselves for a bit of change in the summer. But the one thing that you can be confident about is that at least we're at least we're on the right path in terms of recruitment and identifying the right players to come in. Um, and like I said before earlier, I just don't think I can't see how we suddenly have like this successful recruitment policy that just goes haywire at some point and we 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 make so many wrong decisions. I just I, I see it I see it playing out in the same way that it's played out so far in that we're we're bringing in the right people, the right characters, the right players. 
Yeah, without a doubt. And um, you're talking about identifying the players. We, I, I've criticised a few times since the um, arrivals of our Japanese players under Ange Postacoglu, the fact that we didn't tap into that market. And here's here's uh, the caveat. I understand that we signed Nakamura from an Italian club, but I'm talking about Japanese talent that uh, we knew about because we had a player for four years at the club in Shansuke Nakamura. And after that, and again, I realised we had Coco Mizuno as well, but you know he was nothing more than a footnote in Celtic's history, if that. Um, but we knew the talent was in Japanese football, JP, and we didn't pursue it. You know, and that's 2009. Nakamura left Celtic, and I've said to to Liam, I want Liam to actually fill us in on the type of players we could have probably got in that time period. And you know, yeah. you'd be tearing your hair out, I think, at some of the successes that yeah. came out of the Japanese league back, you know, back then right up to uh, the arrival of Kyogo. I'm keen to get everybody's uh, views on the discussion points that JP and I are covering today. But before I do that, I'm going to ask you, JP, that jersey over your shoulder when you look at it. Um, I was asked a question yesterday, how football tops make you visualise moments or players. It's a bit like you could be walking down the street and you hear a song coming out of somebody's um, car through the window or whatever, and it propels you back to a moment in your life. Uh, it reminds you of things. And I think smells do that as well. Um, because I'm a geek, football jerseys also do that to me. Which player does that remind you of, JP? Uh, weirdly, and I guess controversially, given his uh, his opinions this week, Chris Commons. <laughs> Chris Commons. I, I, it's probably because of the advert for the strip as well. If you remember the advert, I'm sure it was oh, that's right. Chris Commons, Gary Hooper and... Maybe it was either Stokes or Samaras. There was the three of them that were standing in like a changing room mm-hmm. and they've all got that full kit on with the black shorts. Because the black shorts didn't have a Celtic badge on them. They just had a Nike tick and a Tenants logo, a black Tenants logo, so you, you couldn't really uh, see anything on the shorts. And then I think it was black black socks with a green trim. It was like black that. and green hoops. Black and green hoops, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was similar. As I say, similar. It was a nod back to a homage to the very first kit. Bizarrely mm-hmm. enough, you know, doing the research, just as I digress a wee bit, there's a belief that the first kits may have been um, supplied by Willie Mealy, believe it or not, because he had an upholsters and, and he had a shop in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So you could imagine anyone involved with a football club at that moment in time. Oh, we need a set of kits. Where do we get them from? And he wrote about it in his book, if anybody can get their hands on Willie Mealy's book. Um, and he said that they actually got two different kits. And I couldn't I couldn't for the life of me find out, what did that other kit look like, JP? That would be interesting. What did the second kit look like? Because uh, nobody's ever seen it. Imagine if it was blue. Oh, come on. That, that, <laughs> we had to wait to the 90s for that. And what about this jersey behind me? Tell me a player um, that that reminds you of. I had, I had that top as well and I foolishly gave it away. That reminds me of Peter Grant, Paul McStay, uh, that kind of that kind of period, really. That was like, it was 90, what, 94, 95 or 95, 96? Well, it was both actually because we first wore it in the Scottish Cup final at the end yeah. of 94, 95 and then we wore it the following season um, yeah. as well. So even the likes of, you know, Van Hooydonk, Tom, Cadet, uh, De Canio, they all wore that but when I see it I do think it makes stay because that cup final Airdrie rotten game but it's always in my top three Celtic games because of the importance of it 
yeah. winning the, the Scottish Cup in 95. But um, I'm going to get some of the comments coming up. We've got Paddy Lavery. It was great to meet Paddy last Friday at Gracie's, where we had an audience with the one and only Brian McClare, JP. He is unique in terms of an ex-footballer. He's hilarious. What, um, what, records, what records did he bring? Oh, that's a good, good question, right. So I asked him to bring three. The first one was, tell me a song or bring me a record that reminds you of Manchester, right? And the song he brought was James, Sit Down. Nice. I thought, lovely. Um, and obviously, there's a bit of a link there because he played with Gordon Strachan, who became best mates with Tim Booth. He's a massive fan. I've seen him a bit. I, I, I go to see James nearly every time they play, and I, I've seen Gordon Strachan twice at James gigs. Just giving them a kind of, right? It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. superb. The song that reminded them um, of Glasgow was the Jesus and Mary chain. The guy's just brilliant. Uh, just Like Honey. Aye. Right. Right? So he played that. And then the other song was the song that he's listening to right now was Cod Liver Oil and the Orange Juice. Oh, by Hamish Imlach. Yeah, that's a great Hamish song. Imlach. However, it was a... A more recent version of that tune, um, but I'll tell you, of the three, the one song that the crowd sang along to was "Cod Liver Oil." That was the one yeah. everybody was toe tapping along to. I was at a wedding, the wedding that I was at in Seville. My mate Dave's brother recited the whole of that song when uh, when we were at the bar. Yeah, he just like the whole, like held court with quite a large part of the part of the wedding party, and he sang that song. Uh, but the first person I heard that, to sing that song and who introduced it to me was King Creosote. You know the yeah. Fight? I mm-hmm. saw him play live in Edinburgh one night, and he, he covered that song, and that's the first time that I'd heard it. So, Superb! It reminds me of my old granny, so it was great to hear it. It was a brilliant night, by the way. I'm sure uh, little anecdotes will drop into future episodes of this. Um, but I want to say last word on kits. I absolutely promise. If you show us the picture of the kit you designed, JP, I'll show you the picture of the kit I designed probably about the same time, right? And I'll bring them up on the screen. Yeah. Uh, once a geek, always a geek, as they say. Uh, and we'll get on to Juranovic, once a sell, always a sell. I thought it was a nice message that he sent out as well. Um, Kinky Cadet. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Good window, but we still need to move on at least seven players. Let's read through the list then. Yakimakis, McCarthy, Turnbull, Bain. Gucci, Jens, Abelgar. Right, I was going to say to you, JP, is there anybody you disagree with? <laughs> but Turnbull is the guy. Let's talk about Turnbull then, right? 
last three games, he has been involved in creating or scoring a goal in each of the three games. He comes on against Kilmarnock. It's his shot that saved that Yakamakis um, puts away. And then he scores against St Mirren and he scores against Morton. Um, we mentioned the fact that he didn't really celebrate <coughs> his first of those two goals. Uh, and the question is, where is he? Where does he fit in this squad? I'd say he's a, a, not a starter as we currently stand, but I think he's definitely still in the manager's thinking. I don't think he's done anything that I've seen to warrant being on on, on that list. <laughs> like I, I think it just it, for some reason he's become an unfancied player. Mm. I think it's because of the success of the current midfield that he's just kind of maybe surplus the requirements in a lot of people's, in some people's minds, not a lot of people's minds, but in some people's minds. Um, but certainly not mine. I, I wouldn't want to see Turnbull go, purely for the fact that he's Scottish, he's an international. Um, I don't think he's, I don't think he's fulfilled his potential at the club yet. I think there's a lot that he could still do. I'd like to think that we could get the best out of him, the best years of his career <clears throat> could and should be a Celtic because, well, we're seeing a guy in John McGinn, I know they're different type of players and, and all the rest of it, but you know John McGinn's gone down to England and England are getting the best years out of John McGinn's career. And I wouldn't like to think that Turnbull would go somewhere else and thrive and shine because he, he would, invariably would. I don't think Turnbull would go to a, a, a sort of lowly club. I think he would get a, a decent move that could then earn him a bigger move, you know, a la Southampton to then move up to a bigger club. Um, so no, definitely not him in that list. McCarthy is a, I mean, that's an obvious one just because of his lack of game time. I mean, it's it's not worked. We spoke about that when he signed. I said, ask me in 18 months. We're 18 months down the line. McCarthy hasn't played anywhere near enough football at Celtic to warrant him being considered to be kept on, really. I don't, like, like you said last week, I don't care how good he is in the changing, in the dressing room. I think it's it's a high wage likely high wage and it would just make sense for him to get a move and go and play football somewhere else because he's a million miles away from that Celtic midfield Turnbull's not getting a game then McCarthy's exactly Um, (laughs) obviously he's been about for a while he's kind of a little bit tainted in some people's eyes in the fact that he was there during that horrible season in uh, 2021 uh, the Gucci has just not worked. Jens is away, and Abelgard is, you know, so far out of the picture now. He's not been in any squads, as far as I know. I can't remember seeing him on the bench, and he's certainly not had any game time. So it's probably going to be the end for him as well. I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I I look at Turnbull, and I think that he, Matt O'Reilly, Aaron Moy are fighting it out for one position. Yeah, and. What we've probably discovered is there's no certainties with this team, JP, because if you had asked me two months ago if Matt O'Reilly was going to drop out the side, I'd have said, no, you're off your head. You know, right. it's, not, it's not going to happen. But he has. And what's then happened is Moy has absolutely grabbed that opportunity to make himself undroppable, you know, if there is such a thing in an Ange team. And that's just down to the standards um, and the level of your performance. So Moy's got the jersey and he's not giving it up. Mm-hmm. When has performances dip when he is suspended when he's injured then 
who do you pick? And that that is then the question. And if Turnbull then gets that that look in and gets that sniff at a first team jersey, he needs to make the impact that Moyes made. He needs to make the impact that O'Reilly made when he came in, you know, uh, last January. So mm. I, I don't see him as I, I would be really disappointed if we lost David Turnbull. I, I believe what you say in relation to the best is yet to come with Turnbull. It's sometimes with players like him. You forget just how young they are because they've been in and around like the Motherwell team since he was like 17, 18. We signed yeah. him when he's 20. And you sometimes forget this guy's the same age as Stephen Welsh, you know, and there's loads more to come from, from David Turnbull. I would not be looking to move him on. I guess the big challenge is keeping him happy because he'll be wanting to play a lot of football. But again, I'll go back to what Anne said. No one's guaranteed football in this this team and I totally believe that. Um Jens, yeah, he's on his way. Abriel Gar, I think maybe again, anyone in the comment section who knows any more about this than me, please educate me on it. But Abriel Gar's here um and the way that he's here was slightly different from us just going to Ruben Kazan and saying, can we loan your player? It was down to the fact that there was a special dispensation on the contracts of players to play their football elsewhere. How mm. does that affect what we've just done with Jens? Can you tear up that contract and it goes somewhere else? I'm not quite sure. You know, who's holding the registration of the player? Well, Celtic are, but we don't own them. So I, I don't, yeah, and, and what I said earlier on about how good the recruitment's been, obviously when you you stack it up against Abelgard, it, it doesn't look too, too clever, but it's a loan move. It was pretty low risk in mm-hmm. terms of the output. It's not like we've, it's not like in a Yeti where we spent five million on the guy and he started to come back. I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't know. I've not. I've not kept an eye. And I know he started all right uh, in Switzerland, but I don't know how it's gone since then. I'm kind of scared to look to see if he has just dropped off the face of the earth over there as well. Because I mean, if if you can't do it in your homeland at this point in your career, when are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? Um, so I, the Abelgard thing, I, I, I really don't know the ins and outs of that, but he's clearly out of the picture. But you, meant, you mentioned Welsh there. Maybe Jens going will postpone the, the departure of Welsh until the summer, possibly, because yeah. Welsh will be closer to the first team uh, and getting opportunities. Than, but then you've got Kobayashi as well who's come in, so... But that would be four, wouldn't it? There's not. There wouldn't be five. It would be Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Kobayashi, and Welsh. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a decent figure. Um, but because we've not heard any chat about anybody coming in for Welsh, well, not nothing concrete. Fabrizio Romano hasn't been tweeting about Stephen Welsh. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, has he been? Has he been tweeting about Porteous? Because people can't seem to pronounce Porteous. Well, they can't say Jackamacus either. There's so many people called Jackamacus, Geomacus. It's know, yeah. so frustrating when you hear it's that. awesome. Uh, well, but, um, I, don't, I, I don't know. I've not, I've not heard anything about Welsh going uh, mm. either on loan or otherwise. Um, lots of people think that we should offer some sort of deal for Nisbet and, and, throw, and throw Welsh in on that deal, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well... There's a few people commenting on that very player in the comment section. I'm going to bring it up. But the, the other one that kind of springs to my mind, because I don't disagree with McCarthy or Gucci, Jens Abelgar. We know Yakimakis is on his way. Um, but I'm going to be looking at Bain and saying, by the way, whatever you think of him, he's going nowhere because we've just loaned out 
Um, Toby, Obuyelemi, um, mm. he's away over to Ireland. So we're not going to run with two goalies. So I don't know, is, is Hazard back in the building? Obviously, he's another goalkeeper that was out on loan. Yeah, he's, he's a season long loan, wasn't he, at Helsinki? Obuyelemi, I used to be able to pronounce that. No, no, Hazard, Hazard's on a season a season long loan. So he's still on loan? So. Um, yeah, so I don't see Bain going anywhere, uh, but I wouldn't keep him because he's good in the dressing room, as I've heard um, yeah. other people commenting on. Another wee player that um, is playing his football in MLS that came to my mind was Patrick Clamalla. Remember, right. Clamalla moved on. He's now at New York Red Bulls. And his Bulls scoring record, JP, 14 goals and 63 appearances. So he's only 24 years of age. Um, mm. Albion Ayete Strum Graz has scored three goals oh. in 16 games. So he's probably going to be coming back. And um, another player that went over to the MLS, you mentioned Beckham, Robbie Keane, um, but another player that went over, Pirlo. Oh, yeah. Uh, he went over to uh, New York City. And I think, was he either photographed in the parlour or with Celtic fans over over there, I'm sure he was at an event and Celtic scarfs ended up right, either round his neck or behind him or something like that. I've not seen that picture, but uh, what an amazing player he was. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Nice. Now, let's have a look at some of the comments on Nisbet then, because Nisbet did make it into the uh, tagline of a previous Axon Bulletin based on the fact that we do have to have a quota of homegrown players. So if you are looking to move on players like Welsh or um, Bain, for example, then your quota is coming down. They need to be replaced. Even McCarthy is classed as a homegrown player, having come through the ranks at Hamilton. Afternoon to all our regulars. It's always great to see you on the comments section. Now, Paul, uh, gone wrong. We should be matching Millwall's bid. Thanks, Paul and bring Nisbet in as backup. Good value at £2 million with a proven record. It looks as though that deal's going to go through. I think it's £2.5 million by add-ons, JP. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your thoughts? Well, it's interesting that that's the level of club that are going to potentially prize Nisbet away from Hibs. It's, it's, hardly, it's hardly a kind of who's who of English clubs that are all at the table, which obviously, I mean, what age is he? 25. 25. I don't think that's a bad age to sign a, a Scottish player, but it just the, 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 the consensus seems to be that well, Hibs, Hibs wouldn't do a deal with us. They wouldn't entertain selling him to no. us. It would, in the same way that the McGinn thing didn't happen, but the McGinn thing didn't happen because Aston Villa came in and they offered them more money, as far as I know. Like, he got offered a better salary and a better and there was a I think a bonus worked into it if they got pre- uh, qualification from the championship into the Premier League which they mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. and all the players all received substantial uh, remuneration for for their efforts in getting Aston Villa back to the Premier League so aye it's, it's a it's a weird one that I, I don't really know much about Millwall's current state I know that they're not the the most pleasant of football clubs uh, to to uh, to support. If you were of same mind and you were in a the Millwall end and an away game, I, I don't think it would uh, perhaps enlighten you too much. But um, maybe for the wrong reasons. But 
maybe they've maybe they've rid themselves of that element. I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. So apologies to any Millwall uh, uh, people with Millwall leniencies. But uh, and I don't know. I don't know what their current footballing predicament is, where they are in the, the league or anything like that. But it just I would have thought that somebody were maybe maybe because of his, he's just back from an injury that there's not a, 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 a lengthy list of suitors for him because everyone's just kind of going on his current form, which is great. Don't get me wrong; his goal score, his mm. his numbers of late have been really good. Um. But I can't remember what it was like before that injury. Like, was was he as prolific? As there was a there was a spell. You know, my concern about him, JP, right? Is I remember him at Wraith Rovers in Dunfermline, and when he wanted to move, it was obvious because mm. his form disappeared. And I think there was an element of that. There was some personal issues he was going through as well. And <laughs> the, in, the injury happened, and only since he came back, because his form was away with it by the time. Uh, we played them um, in the mm-hmm. final, and I think obviously three managers in the best two years, maybe uh, probably doesn't help either. So, should we match the the bid for for Nisbet at this moment in time? You know, I, I don't think he's a bad player, but I think there's still a lot of development left in in Nisbet, and mm-hmm. uh, I've said that before. Two and a half million quid. If Celtic could get a player, a Scottish talent at twenty five for two and a half million pounds. Um, should he be the kind of level that we're going for? Well, it seems, people might it's argue. similar to the Lyndon Dykes thing, doesn't it? Remember when Dykes was leaving uh, Livingston, everyone was saying, oh, we should sign Dykes. I mean, has Lyndon Dykes really tore it up down there for QPR? I, 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 I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not, it's certainly not been on my radar that he's doing remarkably well for QPR. Um, obviously, he had a short-lived career underneath... Uh, McBeal, um, that's right. And then, he, then he uh, had some kind of social media um, cryptic message on Beal's departure, didn't he? About mm. what was it now? It was something to do with something to do with a rat, maybe something like that. Um, so mm. there was there was definitely something on Instagram. I don't do Instagram yet, but I have seen the screenshots. But Lyndon Dykes is a player. I think what he has done, and again, this isn't me saying we should have signed him because I don't think we should have. He's now Scotland's first pick striker, mm-hmm. you know, and that says as much about the way that Steve Clark manages Scotland as anything else. But he is, so in that respect, he he would never have been Scotland's first pick striker at Livingston. Mm-hmm. He's gone down there, done a job, scored goals, not as prolific as maybe he was up here. But Nisbet, you know, if he goes down to Millwall, we'll need to wait and see. One thing that always strikes me about Millwall, as well as the players that played for Celtic in Millwall, like Paul Hartley, Mick McCarthy, and Tony Cascarino. Um, is that they have a strange association with Wraith Rovers fans. So these fans that you're talking about with a Millwall state of mind, um, they hook up with Wraith Rovers every time Wraith Rovers play Hearts because there's beef between Millwall and Hearts. So they come up and a posse comes up to make sure Wraith Rovers are well represented should anything kick off. Wow. Uh, We've got specialist knowledge about Fife there for you, JP. I think there is such a thing as a Millwall state of mind. (laughs) I know what it would be described as, to be oh, fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, Urban Culture, has anybody left his, any departures? Well, we are basically waiting for the um, the unveiling, I guess, of Maritz Jens at Schalke. He'll be out the door. And JP brought up the, 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 you know, the tagline, where does it leave Welsh? I think that had Jens remained at the club, 
Uh, Welsh would have left in one way or another, be that by loan or or transfer. But what I did hear, JP, and this surprised me a wee bit, is you're talking about throwing in Welsh as part of the Nisbet deal. Celtic want £3 million plus for Stephen Welsh. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Which is so, more than Nisbet's going for. Uh, yeah. So, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't see why that wouldn't, shouldn't be the case. I mean, Stephen Welsh is a decent player. I don't think he's far from the finished article. Of course he's not, but um, I think he's got the potential to go somewhere, potentially abroad, and do... Do pretty well, you know. Josh Doig's now getting talked about uh, for nine million. I saw that this morning. Mm-hmm. Nine million fee for Josh Doig, and there was. I remember you kind of sort of said we should maybe be looking at Josh Doig when he was at Hibs, and then he goes over there and and makes a name for himself there. So it would be ridiculous if Stephen Welsh wasn't going for something like three million. I mean, what what's the alternative? What a million? What one million? <laughs> I know. Eight figures, one million. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I just don't see how that could possibly. I'd be insulting if to the club and to the player if, if he was getting talked about in terms of a million pounds. Three million, I think that's a, a fairly good starting point for, for Stephen Welsh. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't think he will leave because, as you quite rightly said, you can't run with, with just three centre halves. Some people in the comments might come in and say, well, we've also got Boss and Lawal. And I think that was fresh in the, the gaffer's mind by playing him against Morton, making his debut. Um, but again, you're going into, let's say, the final derby of the season and you've got an injury crisis. Are you happy throwing in Lawal at that stage? That, that's the way I think. Yeah, there's there's games and there's time to to bleed players in, JP, but I want Welsh. He's been through, he's been through that ringer. Uh, more than once. He's played Champions League football. He's ahead of the game in terms of his development as a footballer and I think that uh, it would be handy to keep him around. I don't think the Jens thing was part of the plan, but through the agent and maybe his own parent club, they I'm not going to say they've been demanding first-team football, but they've obviously made their feelings known and Ange's just done the deal. I think uh, that, that completely changes everything for Welsh and it wouldn't surprise me if he remained until at least the end of the season. Now, mm. Stephen comes in. Welcome to the show, Stephen. And you are watching on YouTube. We can't lose three homegrown players without replacing, as it seems going into Europe. It means rather going into Europe three fewer foreign players too. The thing with that is every pre-season um, you do have uh, academy graduates. So you do have the option of having academy graduates on that massive subspench in the Champions League. And that's why when the very first, if you were to look at the very first European squad that Ange submitted to JP, there were players in that squad who were probably not even playing for the B team. And mm. they were sitting on the bench for games and you know you had to check out who they were. Um, such was their age and their inexperience. So yeah, I, I totally get the rule, but there's other ways around that rule as well. 
uh, because you know there's going to be games where you have a homegrown player on the bench who's not actually going to get a game, but you're just fulfilling that particular homegrown player rule um, as well. But again, I think that's a, a reason for keeping Welsh, a reason for keeping uh, David Turnbull as well. Gary Madden, absolutely love that top JP has behind him. You have got a quite a healthy collection of Celtic jerseys, JP, it's got to be said. Are you almost yeah. nearing? You've got a few more? No, I mean, I've not, I've not bought that many recently, but it could be better if I hadn't been so generous and given them away when I was a wee guy. I gave I gave away my people's home top. I gave away that one behind you. A um, couple of away tops have, have, have mysteriously disappeared over the years. Um, but I, I do look after them. I kind of treat them like they're... I don't know. <laughs> Treat them like they're expensive stuff, and I suppose, in actual fact, some of them are. Like you, know, you see the price that they go for at these classic football shirts, uh, sort of pop ups and things like that, and they're they're wanting like 150 quid for a football top. I know. It's quite quite bizarre, but um, yeah, they just I, don't know, I, I like I like I like football tops in general, and I've got quite a lot of non Celtic football tops as well. Um, I'm after one of those uh, the Red Star, the Paris. Have you seen that club in uh, Paris, Red Star FC? They're the um, kind of left wing, straight yeah. mind club. Yeah, yeah. yeah their, their tops are, are minted. There's, they mm-hmm. brought it like a like an anniversary one, which is, I mean, that's the one I want to get. I like. I can't. I'll need to uh, show you the. I'll, I'll put it on the the Twitter post of of the one that I'm after because it's it's an absolute belter. Um, I don't think it's available at the moment. Whether or not they they redo it or repress it, I don't know. But I'm sure they could make a lot of money if they did. The one I wanted was the uh, Opera Celtic, um, the tie-in with yeah. Primal Scream. Uh, I thought that looked. You get one? Oh, I think they were sold out before they mm. were even available. Mm. Um, and it would be good. The picture of Cantona wearing it—it it looked absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, now we've got Jog Vy or Jog V. Uh, and he is being made homesick because of uh, your earlier discussion in relation to the gig that you're doing with the Twilight Sad. Hello from London and hello to you. Anyone who's actually tuning in and you haven't already subscribed to the channel, then I would suggest that you do that because um, 2023, it's all about Axon. It's all about exclusive Celtic content. We have been speaking about uh, some players who might be going, some players who have arrived as well. And O was on the top of the, the show as well. Uh, 21 years of age, it's a deal worth two and a half million quid. Centre forward, he's got 93 appearances under his belt, 23 goals. And I look at a player like that, now he's coming from the K-League, um, and I'm looking at his age, and I look at the way that Celtic bring through our youth players, our young players, um, JP, and he's got almost 100 appearances at the age of 21. And... You know, it gets to that stage where you'll just never know if our current 21-year-olds are good enough. Because there's, no way, there's no way they play 100 games at that age. No, that's also including, he's also done his, in that time period, he's also done his national service. Because he chose to do it. He chose to do it, I think, in 2020. So obviously he picked a good year to do it. I don't know if that was before or, or during the pandemic that he made that decision. But um, he must have planned for it. And then, I guess, getting out of the way while there's no football being played or, well, the football had stopped. Uh, presumably it stopped over there or, or if it was getting played behind closed doors, I don't know, when they resumed. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously, like you said, to come with that level of experience already at 21, 
there's not many players of that age that have played that amount of games at a decent level uh, because of the lack of opportunities to do so. Like there's mm-hmm. no there's no reserve league. You're only going to have been playing that level of games if you've been out on loan somewhere at a young age and played a full season with somebody. So aye, I wonder if he'll be included in the squad on Sunday. I mean, is he would he be considered ready? I don't know. I don't know how recently he's been playing in South Korea. Um, my friend who I was with yesterday actually lived lived there and went to see that team that he played for when he lived in, in South Korea. Like about it was a good few years ago, so it was obviously before his time. But I, he he said, "Oh, you, you've signed a player from from my from my team." And I went, "What are you talking about?" And when I lived in South Korea, that's who I went to see. So he's been to that ground and used to go semi regularly. He's got a scarf and a strip and all that. So is it the Blue Wings. Blue Wings, yeah, aye, and um, it would be good if he was able to to be involved on uh, the weekend. We're going to be talking about that game, JP. I always like looking at these young players. It just makes me feel so much older than I already am because when he was born, when O was born, number five in the UK charts was Gorillas with Clint Eastwood. I remember that being released like it was just a few years ago. And now we've got strikers who were born on that day. And the closest game to uh, O's birth was a a very special game in relation to Martin O'Neill's first season in that on the 7th uh, of April that year, we beat St Mirren 1-0 to wrap up the league championship, the goal being scored by Tommy Johnson. And I think... You hadn't said it, I remember that, because he did that, he scored... Yeah, he did. And and you know the thing about that, that that's the treble winning season, obviously, Martin O'Neill's first season in charge. And you think to yourself, wow, that was when this player was born. And it does make you feel particularly old, JP. Um, however, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I've done everything else that you know Celtic fans have done across the globe, and you've tried to get as much footage as possible. You've looked at the stats, but until you actually see him in the flesh, uh, you can't really make your mind up. I don't think the guys would be negative yesterday when they were talking about on being more of a project signing, but that goes back to the um, discussion you and I had about Yakamakis in that I would have, much <coughs> have kept Yakamakis if at all possible. Um, very quickly then, we'll talk about Dundee United. A um, couple of excels have been in the news because Jimmy Goodwin, I call him Jimmy Goodwin, as if he's a lead singer of Doves. Jim Goodwin, sorry, excel. Um, Sugarly Peg. Potentially the worst result in Scottish football history, if you look at the gap between the two teams. Uh, Liam Scales was part of that defeat. Uh, Lennon and Paul Lambert have been touted to replace him. Um, I mean, that was a shocker, wasn't it? I mean, we've had a few bad results in our time over the years, JP, but nothing as bad as that. I watched it with an Aberdeen fan who... uh... James was not happy chappy on oh, I bet. Monday night. No, I mean he just as it got as the second half ticked on, I just kept looking over at him and his his expression was just sort of genuinely in shock. He was like, this can't be happening. And I was trying to imagine how he must have felt in that scenario because I mean that it's worse than Cali Thistle, it's worse than a lot of things that have happened. I mean it there's no way in the world that should have happened. And the amount of people that made money off that, it's the screenshots that you shot that I saw on Twitter of people putting 20 quid on and 50 quid. I think I'm pretty sure I saw 100 on it as well. Um, it's a lot of money. 
uh, and a lot. And the thing is, people were that sure that it was a possibility, and I, I didn't. I genuinely didn't think. I was like, nah, no way, no way are they going to get beat off. I know, like, I mean, what are they non-league? I mean, what, what? what well, there's they... six tier, there's six tier. So that part of the pyramid, but I mean, yeah. that gap, JP, should not. It should not happen. Yeah. I mean, you're talking the kind of level of like Haddington Athletic, Musselburgh. You know, that's the level that you're talking. You never know. There's a bit of back in there. I know that they've got quite a few players that have played higher division football in Scotland, but that that should not be possible yeah. on paper. See the manager's team talk before it as well. Like well, yeah. we watched it. We watched the team talk in the dressing room, and I said to James, "Like imagine, like after that team talk, they go out and get horse like five, six, seven nil, and then that's not what happened." So <laughs> that happened. They, they got an early goal, and somebody on Super Scoreboard. I listened back to Super Scoreboard the next day, and somebody actually said it was a Darvel fan, and he actually said. Tuesdale's the one to watch out for. And the amount of times that James and I said, that's, that's Tuesdale again. He played really, really well. And then the boy, the Darvel fan said, if we get an early goal, we'll have something to hold on to and we're a good enough football team. We're not just going to hoof it up the park. You know, all the time, we've actually got a decent enough football team to mm-hmm. put our way to a victory. And, and that's exactly what happened. And fair play to them. Yeah, for sure. Well, Falkirk have been the next round, so I, I wouldn't like to be Falkirk going there unless you're totally on it. Absolutely. Um, Anything's but, possible now. And, you know, I, I mentioned some of the guys that have been touted for the job. Jim Goodwin's still in a job, JP, but one name. By the way, you talked about the pre-match team talk. What about the post-match interview by Amy Canavan? It was yeah. Amy um, from Axon fame who has gone on to... Uh, by the way, that's like... that. That's going to be played over and over and over and over again for the rest of the time. And she was there reporting on that night, you know. So it's kind of iconic, really, that that it's somebody that you you know that was yeah. that was doing the doing the doing the pre match and post match and everything else. So, but um, by Tanner Dice on Sunday, it's not going to be nine 0 is it? It's going to be. I think it'll be tighter. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll 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 surely want to exact some sort of revenge if they can. Uh, or they'll certainly not want to be opened up in the way that they were that day. Um, so I, I think it'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be a tough game, but hopefully we've got the, the the minerals to come out of it with three points. Just very quickly before you go, JP, do you start Turnbull against Thunder United? Um, no, 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 no. It would be Moy or O'Reilly. Uh, in my team with Atatia or McGregor, I don't. I, I, I wouldn't be against them starting. If, if if I saw his name in the in the starting lineup, I wouldn't be aghast or anything like that. I would be okay with it, but I I can't see how he's getting in ahead of Moy or O'Reilly. Um, I just I don't see that happening. I mean, I know that he's obviously impressed in his recent performances, but does that warrant getting bumped out? One of them getting bumped out of the sides? I think. I think it's more likely that Moy will start. Um, I'll go for Moy. I, I definitely yeah. would go for Moy. Robert, one of these days, Amy is always welcome back on Axom, and one of these days you might see her back on these screens. Now, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Give us a thumbs up on the YouTube video. Subscribe to the channel if you want to come and see us live. It's uh, It was a great laugh last Friday. We're doing another one with Tom Boyd in February. 
And there are some tickets available for Danny, but not many. Danny McGrain in March. Ticket underneath the video. Uh, all that's left for me to say once again, JP, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Cheers, Paul. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.